Welcome to In the News for February 25th, 2022. I am Brett Burney from AppsInLaw.com. This is Jeff Richardson from iPhone JD. Good morning, Brett. Jeff, I feel like I should say happy Mardi Gras, or it's coming, right, this next week. We are in uh, Mardi Gras. It is not coming. It is here. We had parades it, last weekend. We <laughs> had parades during the week. I was out late last night with friends and family, and the big day is next Tuesday, is Mardi Gras day. But okay, Mardi Gras okay. is not one day. Mardi Gras is a season, and we are definitely <laughs> in the season right now. It's been a good one, after, especially after not having one last year. Yeah, it's an extended celebration. I loved your first paragraph here where you were talking about the rare occurrences when Mardi Gras has been canceled, or I guess, you know, it may be postponed. Just interesting, like two out of these, what, five or six that you had put in here, you know, were because of other uh, sicknesses, the yellow fever outbreak. And you said, you know, the so-called Spanish flu, uh, and of course, the wars, you know, World War One mm -hmm. and Two and Korean War, that kind of a thing. But but just it, it, very interesting. I'm so glad you put that in. It's uh, yeah, it is from an exciting time. From a historical perspective, it's interesting. You basically need either to have, to have war or a pandemic. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, we have a little bit of both going on right now, but only one of the United States. But uh, yeah, goodness yeah. gracious, yes. Uh, yeah. So, okay, plenty of masks at Mardi Gras, but you had a quick story here where uh, you don't have to wear your Mardi Gras mask in an Apple store, apparently. Uh, Apple stores, the physical Apple stores, are dropping their mask mandates now, which I liked how you, you, you put it here, Jeff, in your post today that well that's a that's a pretty good sign that maybe things are getting a little bit back to normal if the apple stores are not requiring them anymore yeah i feel like throughout the pandemic the <laughs> apple stores have sort of been like the canary in the coal mine right you know yeah, like when, yeah when right you had different cities around the country that would start to either close down or impose mask requirements you're like wow, I know that COVID's pretty bad in those cities. And sure enough, you know, a week or two later, you would see it. And uh, Apple does a very good job with logistics in all parts of the company, whether it's right. making right. iPhones or right. deciding when it's safe to open stores. So I saw that as a very promising sign. Um, looking forward to the day when we don't have to be wearing these masks as much anymore. So, um, you know, we, we definitely great. have a mask mandate here in New Orleans through Mardi Gras, but they've already said that when Mardi Gras is over, it's going to be changed substantially. So look yeah. forward to uh, the world opening up again. I like this. This is Mark Gurman, who we know both as a reporter at Bloomberg and as an individual. I think he's got a newsletter, right? He is one of the top names in sort of the um, Apple-related rumors, right? Yes, he's anything going on at Apple, he seems to figure it out, absolutely. And I. I appreciated that uh, Bloomberg included a picture from one of the Apple stores in Columbus, Ohio. I've ah, been to that Apple store many, many times. It's a couple of hours away from me. but Is that but, you right there in the picture? I can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could be. It could be because I have been there several times on that. Uh, great. Okay, so one of the things you can get at an Apple store is one of the MagSafe batteries. Uh, you just had a quick link here to our friend David Sparks, which um, he, how long has he been using it now? Six months. Six He's months, had a yeah. MagSafe battery for six months. And I like the fact that he now has a little bit extra time now that he gave us a little bit of a check-in after six months. It, does he still like the MagSafe battery? And the answer and, is? And yes, indeed, he still does. You know, we talked about <laughs> right. this product on the podcast, well, you know, six plus months ago, I guess, when it, right. whenever it came right. out. And I was really intrigued by it because I loved the idea of a small portable battery that you can just, yeah. you know, slap on. You don't even have to plug it in. Just slap it on the back when you want the power and take it off when you don't. And Frankly, I I assumed that I was going to get one, and I guess it's just been because the my battery on on my iPhone has been so good 
that I really, been, and right. plus I haven't right. been traveling as much. So I guess it's a combination right. of both of them. Right. But right, I have been in so few situations where I really needed extra power during the day uh-huh. that right. um, right. At, at least when I wasn't, didn't have easy access to uh, you know lightning connection or something. So I haven't got one, but maybe at one point in the future, I will. I, I still think it's a nice product. I agree with him that it probably is a little overpriced. I wish it was like 50 <laughs> instead of a hundred, but um, but it's a, it's a nice product that for folks that if you, you, you know, if you need to have, easy, portable right. batteries with you all the time. Right. It's a nice one. Yeah. For folks that are just listening, this is, I don't even know the dimensions here. I think of it almost like a little hand warmer, right? If you can buy mm-hmm. those little electric, you know, battery powered hand warmers, but it just kind of slaps onto the back of your iPhone 12 or 13. And he says he, he loves it. It's just, it's a, it's a nice item to have to top off your battery, right? If you think that there's going to be an issue, or he talks about us, of course, as we know, David likes to go to Disneyland quite a bit. But he says that his wife and I, his wife and and him, they'll swap it, you know, between themselves, depending on who has the longer day. And as you mentioned, his said his complaint was uh, only on the cost of it $100. And they might sell a lot more if they if they brought that cost down. But you know, that's typically probably not what Apple uh, usually does. And I'm sure they're selling still quite a number of them even at the $100 uh, mark. So uh, that's, that's, that's good stuff. Uh, you should be able to use a MagSafe battery even with the iOS 15.4 coming out. My goodness, I think we have talked about this for the last four weeks on the podcast, Jeff. But you keep finding more stuff that people are finding out about 15.4. This is iOS 15.4 and iPad OS 15.4. Uh, they're in beta four now, which again, <laughs> I think we said this every week. We're getting closer. It's almost going to be out, but people just keep finding new stuff. And this one was a brand new Siri voice, which I, I found uh, interesting. Uh, voice number five, which for some reason keeps making me think of that song, Mambo number five. Not the same thing, but uh, a new Siri voice. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see if people like it or not. Yeah, and it's the second time in two years that Apple has done this with one of the mid-cycles, you know, not, not when 14 comes out or 15 comes out, but with one of the mid-cycles a year ago, or maybe it was two years ago, right. I think it was a right. year ago, that what Apple did is they said that no longer is Siri going to be the default female voice, at least in America. Really? There may be some countries where it defaulted a male voice, I forget. But um, but in America, it was always a default female voice. But as of about a year ago, when you are first setting up your device, you need to choose the voices. And they're not labeled right. male female, you know, any ethnicity or anything like that. They're just right. numbers so that They're it's just generic now. and right. you choose it. And of course you could pick one that was a traditional, more female sounding voice. You could pick one that was a more male voice and you could also pick, you know, different dialects and stuff like that. Um, so but what's changing apparently when 15.4 comes out, which I think is going to just be in a few weeks is we will have a fifth yes. voice, which is gender neutral. And there, there was a sample of it on Mac world that I linked to. And uh, yes. it's a very pleasant sounding voice, but I completely agree. It doesn't, doesn't sound predominantly male or female. It's just a generic voice. And so, I, I mean, I like the fact that you can, it's just one more step of personalizing your device, but if you'd prefer to hear something that's more male or more female or more, more neutral, it's nice to have right. all those different choices. And this one of course was recorded or not of course, but it was recorded by a member of the LGBTQ plus community. So it's, you know, right. perhaps will appeal to that, that to, to those folks, but, uh, but that's great. Nice to have more choices. It's also worth noting, uh, and one of the stories does it here as well, this is for the American group of voices, right? There are quite mm-hmm. a number of other voices. If you've ever gone into your settings on your iPhone, 
and uh, looked around. They're very interesting. Most of us just leave it as that default Siri, or what used to be the default Siri voice, right? Which is this voice that we kind of always know. It's been with us for many, many years. I just remember several stories of the lady that recorded all of that. But you can go in. I know my wife has gone in, and she has a uh, a British male <laughs> voice for Siri, which for some reason always makes me insecure every time that I that I hear that. Uh, I actually go in and I changed mine to an uh, an Irish female uh, sounding. Voice. Oh, that sounds interesting. And, I'm gonna have to try and that. It, and it <laughs> is, it, although it's kind of weird because you know instead of saying mobile, it's mobile, right? And it's <laughs> it, anyway, it's just kind of weird and, and offsetting a little bit, but it makes me you know, perk up and pay attention just simply because it's a little bit different. Um, now, I'm di distinguishing between what we would typically think as male and female voices. And like you mentioned now, they just have it, the, the voices numbered. But it is fun every once in a while, you know, every few months or so, I'll go into the Siri settings and just play around with the different voices and, and kind of see if there's anything that, you know, catches my fancy. And, you know, sometimes it's nice to make a little bit of a, of a, of a change uh, on that. So the lady uh, that you referenced a while ago was Susan Bennett, who recorded, she didn't yes, know she was doing it at the her, time, right, but she right. recorded the original sounds, which became the original Siri voice. And uh, a couple of years later, there would be interviews of her. And it was interesting because um, it's not exactly her regular speaking voice, but she could very easily slip into the voice. <laughs> right. And it's like, oh, my goodness, I'm hearing Siri, but I'm looking at you. It was, it was, it was weird. very sort of weird. And they have tweaked the what was the default female voice for Siri over the year. So it's right, no longer right. uh, exactly like her voice. It's different now. But um, you're, you're right. But I do remember. I do remember those interviews like she's sitting there and it's like you now can finally put like a face. <laughs> <laughs> to this voice that you knew and it was it was a little off-putting to be honest with you but it was just neat that you know she finally got some of the recognition because my goodness it's a voice that you know we all hear uh quite yeah. a bit and this is important because i mean i think more and more in the future you know the idea of our technology talking to us uh -huh. you know one day uh, everything in our house will probably be talking to us so it's it, it's something to think about you know what decisions do you make in terms of you know what kind of what, what kind of voices do you use and how do you label right. them it's right. uh it's, it's interesting you had a post a link to a post, Jeff, about a product that I don't even know if, mo if people even know about any longer. My goodness, and maybe for good reason, because I had no idea that Apple's iPod Touch is a thousand days old of today. Just some of these numbers in here. This was May 2019 when Apple unveiled the latest iPod Touch. I feel like we may even need to explain to our audience what an iPod Touch is because it looks like an iPhone and people would just probably assume that it's an iPhone, uh -huh. but it's amazing. This is like Apple's oldest product, I think is what they what they, they said, right? This is one of or one of Apple's oldest products that they are still selling, the iPod Touch. Yeah, and the reason for this article is that it had not changed in a thousand days, but it actually goes back even further than that because it was a minor tweak back then. I mean, this design has not changed in a long time. When I think of the iPod Touch, I actually think of the earliest days of when I started the iPhone JD website in 2008, because at that okay, time, okay. you know, we used to say if you if you want a phone in your iPhone, we'll just get an iPhone. But if you don't need the phone feature, like there were some people that were still using some different type of phone that they had been using for a while, right, uh, right. but they wanted to be able to try out apps or something like that. The solution was, well, just get in, get an iPod Touch. And that way it doesn't have the, the phone in it. You can't make phone calls. Right. 
Right. Um, but you can still you know, use the apps and everything else. And it was even thinner. And so it was nice. It was super, super light. It was also a very popular device for kids. If you wanted your child to have something, but then, but not necessarily have a phone in right. it. Um, right. But nowadays I really don't hear of folks using it um, at, at all. I suppose that's why <laughs> Apple hasn't changed it. So now it's just sort of hanging on. It's one of the few devices Apple makes. It still has a headphone jack, as you said, if you want to have. Yeah. But interesting. Um, yeah, it's well, an interesting it, relic of the past that you can still purchase today. One of those scenarios is is probably pretty much the only thing that I think of, Jeff, is like for kids, right? I remember several years ago when the iPod Touch was maybe a little more popular or people knew about it. This was the device to get the kids. It could connect to Wi-Fi. It could, it, you know, you could use text messaging apps and everything as long as you had Wi-Fi, it just didn't have a cellular radio in it. Right. But people could listen, you know, the kids could listen to music because it is, theoretically, it was the evolution of the original iPod, but they call it an iPod Touch because it basically looks like a an iPhone with a screen that you can tap just like you do on the iPhone. But a lot of the, you know, it would, this would be great for kids or if you just wanted a small device, like kind of similar to what you were saying for, for home or for the office where you could, you know, use it to maybe, I guess, control certain other uh, products or, you know, just be able to listen to music, that kind of a thing. But wow, I, I mean, I guess I guess it still makes sense for Apple because they must still be selling them. They wouldn't have it available. It's the least expensive. It's only $200. So a brand new one that is. And it still has a headphone jack, like you're saying. So I'm sure there are some people out there that still like it. If you're one of them, let us know because it would be interesting to see to hear what people are uh, doing with it these days. One That's thing that makes stuff. me smile, Brett, is the picture you're showing on the screen of the back of the device right now. It says right. iPod right there, which yeah. is interesting because, you know, that name <laughs> iPod, there was a time when it was king, right? You know, in Absolutely. the, the mid-2000s, that was like the big hip brand. And I remember, I'm sure you do too, that when the iPhone first came out, there was an app on the iPhone called iPod. It was the iPod yeah. app and it's what controlled wow. your music. And of course, it's not called that anymore. Now it's just called music. But you know, right. there, there was a time when those four letters, I-P-O-D, you know, really meant something important. Knees. And, right. um, and and now, you know, not, not so much, but it's interesting. <laughs> just, I, I thought about that too. Like I remember having the old, it was the Diamond Rio was the first MP3 player that I had. And I think it had like literally 32 megs of space on it. Mm -hmm. That's what but I had too. I I longed for an iPod of any kind, really. <laughs> so anyway, uh, hey, good good going on the iPod. You know, keep it up as long as you can. We we still love the <laughs> fact that Apple that Apple has you there and uh, and and keep on keeping on. One of the newer products we have actually mentioned before, and because I think it came out in just in January, a, a month and a half ago, or a couple of months ago at the CES. This is a company called Chipolo, not Chipotle, Chipolo that they developed a credit card sized find my device right uh, now we've right. talked about this a couple of times i remember last week we talked about david sparks created a little card that he could fit you know with the, and he cut a circle out of a card so he could fit an air tag in so he could put it in his wallet but chipolo has created this little card spot that looks like a credit card, a little bit thicker, I think. You can explain, uh, you know, it, it is still a little bulkier than a regular credit card, but the biggest thing is it connects to Apple's Find My Network. Without having to have another app, without having to sign on to another service, it's already built in. And uh, this was a great review that you linked to by Julie Clover on uh, Mac Rumors. 
Yeah, it's an interesting device. We, um, the company Chipolo has been making trackers for a while, um, right, much right. like another company out there called Tile has done. Right. But one of the things that Chipolo did is they realized Apple's, you know, the Find My network is so powerful because iPhones are everywhere. And so what they had did is they they still sell their own products. For example, they sell a product called the Chipolo Card, which works okay. with their okay. private network. But the Chipolo Card Spot is the one that works with Apple's Find My Network. So of course, the chance of you locating a lost item goes up dramatically when you right. tap into Apple's right. Find My Network. So right. you know, good on them to sign into it. And the device itself, it's the size of a credit card. It's the thickness of three credit cards. Yeah, so okay. it's, gonna add, it's right. gonna add a little bit of bulk to a wallet that you would put in your back pocket. But less than, like you said, what David was, what David Sparks was talking about last week was <laughs> right. that device that he purchased that had a hole for an AirPod in it, which which doesn't, uh, an AirTag. Gosh, I get all my my Apple words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use, um, in it, which which doesn't really make sense. So this would actually make sense in a wallet, and especially, I mean, a, a, a wallet you put in your back pocket, it, it would take a take up a decent amount of space. If you right, carried around a right. purse or a bag or something like that, that you had like a slightly bigger wallet, well, then I think this makes good sense because it could just you know slip right in there. So um, if whether it's you know that or some other device, some other product that you have that's that's thin and small, and you just want to have the idea of something small in there that you can still track, this looks like a a pretty good solution. I believe it's it's available for pre-order or maybe you can get it now. Oh, pre-order now, currently sold out, of course. Uh, yeah. Again, one of the reasons that we do keep talking about this is because these are third-party companies that are making devices now that uh, that lock onto the Apple Find My Network. Similar, you know, I, I know we keep we keep hounding on that, but that is such a significant component that I think is gonna is is, is gonna kind of have a a, a booming uh, market around yet another Apple service, right? Like several other things here. But mm -hmm. uh, th this was announced. I know a lot of people were talking about it. I remember we've also talked about a back a backpack that is similar. We'll have some similar tracking capabilities in there. Uh, this is a great review by Julie Clover. We'll we'll have a link in here. I think she says that it even does better on tracking a wallet than an AirTag, at least from her from her use. And I think because it fits in there, mm -hmm. it, it's not fully waterproof. I think she mentioned, oh, it's water resistant, so it's good. You know, I mean, I think all of us have lost either a wallet or a pocketbook or something uh, in our lives, and just the fact that not only can we have the card spot but one day i feel like it's going to be tiny tiny microchips that are going to be built into probably wallets that we buy and it's just going to be great that you know we 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 have this coming so uh good stuff good good link what, one more, on more thing well. worth mentioning on this it's both good and right. bad news the good news is it's it's inexpensive it's 35 bucks i think um, the bad news is you yes. cannot replace the battery, unlike yeah, that's um, the other thing she said. You're right. So You're right. when it right. dies, you need to replace it. And she put in here how long it. Yeah. Uh, uh, she says it lasts for up to two years. So there you right. go. Uh, I have been using my AirTags. Um, gosh, when did they come out? Has it been two years yet? And but I have not yet had to replace the battery on them, even though Apple did say that you'd have to replace the battery every year. So right. I'm expecting at some point I have to replace the battery. But I think it's just like the little CR232s or one of those, those right. small yeah. little watch batteries yeah. that you can get for inexpensively. So whenever that does happen, I, I, I will actually, be able to I have swap a little out package the right here, right? There, oh yeah, <laughs> very handy. 20, you. <laughs> 20, 2032. You got to have a bunch of those now. Uh -huh. So um, so that's just something to keep in mind is that you'll, you'll have to replace it at some point. But 
I remember us talking about that because Apple doesn't normally provide little devices where you can replace batteries. Oh, that that's very rare. With, I agree. That mm -hmm. was the that was a pretty big deal with the AirTags, and so it's interesting. She does point out. I'm glad you mentioned that here that you can't replace the battery in this Chipolo card spot, but they say that when the the entire thing needs to be replaced, if you register the card spot, Chipolo will send you a 50% discount code for a new card spot after two years, and then they'll recycle the old one for free. So yeah, good, so good on something. them. Yeah. That's Absolutely. A good way to I mean, it. yeah, maybe not the greatest, but hey, for thirty-five bucks, I think you know if you get two years out of it, that's that's uh, that's fantastic. A couple of other stories you link to have to do with something that I know we've talked about quite a bit with Apple and their focus on health, the the the, the health initiatives here. Um, this there were there were a couple of things that you that you mentioned, which I just thought I, you linked to were great. The Apple Watch blood oxygen sensor which i think is the only apple watch six and seven and then an interview that you linked to that we'll, we'll talk about in just a moment but this was a good story here too that just amazes me continually what the apple watch can measure now again it's not a full-on medical device right and apple always gives those warnings there but it's just like more and more things that this apple watch is being able to measure for you for individuals from a health perspective it's great yeah, if you got one of the new Apple Watches, it's worth taking a look at this article. It's Graham Bauer at Cult of Mac that, that we linked to. Um, he talks about the blood oxygen sensor, which is, it's it's one of the less obvious to me in terms of how it works. Right. And I have to admit, although I, I, I knew it in general what it was doing, when I read this article, it just reminded me of a whole bunch of things that this thing is checking for and stuff like that. So it's it's worth knowing what these devices can measure. So I recommend looking at that article. Um, and you know, going into the other link, I mean, it was a video interview with um, with uh, Dr. Sumbal Desai from Apple, who we've yes. talked about her in the past. She's really yeah. interesting because she was a computer programmer in college, and then she ended up working for ABC News, and then worked for Disney, and then became a doctor and I think she's primary care doctor, but she's now vice president of health at Apple, although she also has a practice too. And um, and she right. shows up in a lot of these Apple videos discussing yes. their health initiatives. And th this interview that that uh, that Renee Ritchie did with her, I thought was really interesting because she talked on, you know, what Apple's goal was that, you know, trying to figure out what Apple can figure out about your health from its devices, primarily, of course, the Apple Watch. Um, but how what Apple can learn and then how Apple can turn that into actionable information that you can actually do something yeah. about. Well, of course, you want a warning. You know, if you can get a warning, that would be great. But also just a way for you to get information that can help you, um, you know, just to, to keep better control of your of your health. So it was really interesting to hear her perspective because it, it provides an insight into how Apple makes its decisions going forward on these devices. I listening to this, we, we, we both of us have talked about quite a bit about how Apple does raise that aspect of a health like it's almost <laughs> I, I, I don't think it would be too far from the norm to say maybe in a couple of years that Apple is becoming a health company. I mean, people have already said that a little bit. I know that sounds a little crazy to folks, but just the things that they're putting into not just the Apple Watch, but even, you know, they're talking about incorporating some things into the AirPods and of course onto the iPhone. It's amazing how this is becoming like health products, not just the technology side on there. Uh, this is a great interview that it, it, I just found it interesting I guess she maybe confirms a few things that we've we've suspected that 
health is is a major focus, but they work very closely. The health department, I guess, at Apple works very closely with the design department. And of course, Renee, at the, toward the end, I think he asked this question about what about privacy, right? We're always concerned about that. And Apple has uh, an amazing focus on the privacy aspects. And she goes through and talks about how all the information is only stored on the device, it is only shared with like your primary care physician if you allow it to be shared, like you have to opt into all of that. And so uh, even uh, Dr. Um, uh, Sobo talks about the fact that people come to her and say, hey, Apple, you got all this EKG, ECG, you know, information ab about me, that must be great, you have so many people. And she says, we don't keep any of that, like we don't have access to any of that. It's all on the device. And it was just really nice to hear her perspective on just the entire process that they go through, even from the regulations that, of course, they have to surmount uh, on this with the design, with the functionality, and with the focus on privacy as well as the health. Uh, really, really nice, uh, about an 18-minute interview here from Renee Ritchie. You know what it reminds me of, just listening to you say that, is when Apple starts in the late 70s, but really Apple comes to prominence in the 80s and then the 90s, um, it's it's a computer company, right? It was in the name, Apple Computer. Right. And then yes. it was in the yes. early 2000s when, although of course Apple still made the computers, but suddenly music became such an important part Ooh, of so many things. Point. We, we yeah. were talking about the iPod a few minutes yes. ago, you know, yes. the iPod and, you know, everybody was, you know, buying music on iTunes, which was a brand new thing that you could buy an individual song instead of buy an entire album and get it instantly right. digitally. You know, the idea right. that you had your iPod to carry, you know, everything about Apple was really, um, or it was such an important part of the company was doing things with music. And I feel like we're seeing the same thing with health now. It's, you know, the Apple Watch is a big part Great of it, point. but so is the iPhone. And it's all different, different technologies, different mm -hmm. services that Apple is really trying to say, what can we do with health? And it's a tricky one because unlike music, where I guess music's tough too, because you're dealing with record labels and artists and stuff right, like that. But... but in the health, you've got those <laughs> privacy concerns you talked about, like HIPAA, right. you know, privacy in the United States, and you've got all of the regulatory things. I mean, can you say that a device is doing something, even though you think it's doing this, but unless mm -hmm. you've gone through a rigorous test process that, you know, government agencies won't let you actually say that it's doing this. So it is right, not an right. easy space to be in, but, um, but Apple can do some really cool things with these devices that are, you know, Tim Cook calls the Apple watch the most personal device because it's attached to your body at all right. times. Um, right. So right. it's interesting to see this 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 sphere this this additional sphere of health that they're getting into, and you know that there are major things planned that we're going to be seeing, you know, one, two, five years in the future in this Absolutely. area. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, I'm so glad you mentioned that. We talked about a, a few weeks ago, I, I just I recently read Becoming Steve Jobs, the book about, uh, uh, I think it was a, a reporter from Fortune magazine or so that he was just giving sort of a, a biography. But you're right in those early days, Jeff, it, it was going through how how Steve Jobs was looking at like, okay, you know, not just music so much, but that became the primary focus, but like digital media, like they knew and Steve Jobs kind of uh, positioned the company through through many bumps and ups and downs but it's like okay we've got to focus some of the products and exactly about the ipod just like we were talking about and you're right this could be sort of the new thing one phrase that that uh, the the doctor here she's an apple vice president by the way of health but she mentioned actionable information and i loved that because yeah, she too. said that their their goal is they want to provide the user with actionable information about their health 
right? And and both Renee and Dr. Desai here, you know, talked about a couple of examples where people were falling down or there was an irregular heartbeat or there was just information that gave folks at least a heads up, like maybe you should just go and check this, right? Don't rely just on the data that you're getting, but go call a doctor, you know, just go and check this out. Like this could be something, maybe it's not. And if it isn't, it's okay, but it's, you know, it's something that you should, that you, that you should uh, check out. Uh, By the way, I didn't even know this on here, but I was listening to another uh, podcast in the, the health app on the iPhone. It, it actually measures your walking speed and your gait analysis. I, I didn't even know that. And also we, we've, got, we've got a second floor in my house here. So it actually measures like how fast you go upstairs and how fast you go downstairs. So this morning I was comparing my speed and my walking gait with my, uh, with my daughter and my wife. I, I didn't even know some of this was in there. Like so much of this information that's only stored on my phone is being tracked and that it's really neat. Like I didn't even know you could analyze your walking gait to know if like that helps with understanding your better mobility or not. But there's so much in here in this health app that like it's already almost a little overwhelming, but it's just going to keep getting better. I suspect that was the MacBreak Weekly podcast from this week because I heard sure it too. It sure was. And With I had Renee the same Ritchie. reaction. <laughs> exactly. I had the same reaction that when they were describing it, I was I, I didn't even realize that those things were being measured on my iPhone. In fact, I got to go take a look at it. And, and uh, yeah, let's, let's my, compare. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see, see how, how my fast. walking gait is exactly. <laughs> I, I'm just under three miles an hour apparently on my typical walking gait, but it's <laughs> great because my wife has always complained that I walk too fast, and like uh-huh. now I now I can. Now I can analyze it, I can quantify, you know, I can <laughs> compare with her. Maybe not such a good thing, but, um, and, and can I just quickly also add, this is a, a, a jump on, we've talked about this. You in Louisiana, I know you have a specific app for even your vaccination card. Mm-hmm. But I just, over this past week, learned that I can connect my health app on my phone with my, you know, uh, my, my clinic or the hospital that I go to has a health portal, like many of us do. And when I opened my health portal on my computer, I had a QR code that I could scan on my health app. And guess what? It added my vaccination record into my Apple wallet. Now, we've talked about different apps and different things to do. In Ohio, we haven't had a specific app. You know, California's had some and some other states. But, Jeff, it was so easy. And I'm just glad to have that instead of having to take that paper vaccination card around, which is what I had to do. <laughs> I now have it in. It's just a simple little card in my Apple wallet that tells the dates that I was vaccinated and boosted. And it has, like, the location and the kind of vaccination that I got. And it has a QR code so that people can scan If I need to show it to a restaurant or something, people can scan it. So I'm just saying, like, it, to me, I'm just realizing how much this is a focus of Apple. And there's so many things swirling around this that, again, it's just going to keep getting better. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's go to in the know. Here no. is a tip. Um, I think I mentioned last time I have a right now going some um, – it's mostly for lawyers and legal practitioners. It's I practice on an iPad. It is a, a series of three courses that I have going. And one of them is about managing files on the iPad. And I, I keep realizing this is, I think this is one of those things that Jeff, you and I know about because we're a little more nerdy on this end and we, we know about this, but I realize most people don't know today you can connect an external hard USB hard drive or like a thumb drive, a USB thumb drive directly to your iPad. So if you've got a thumb drive with some pictures or somebody took pictures or you've got some music on it or something, then 
you can actually connect that to your iPhone or your iPad, and you can copy those files from the hard drive onto your iPad and iPhone. Now, the way I just described it seems like it's very easy to do. <laughs> and it is that easy, <laughs> but there are several caveats just to be aware of. Uh, probably first and foremost, when people think about it, like, I think I've got a USB thumb drive here, but most of the times when we say USB, we think of what most people know today as USB-A. That's like the small little rectangle thing. And as you all probably know, if you have an iPhone or an iPad, you don't have a USB-A port on your computer or on your, on your device. I don't even have it on my computer anymore. You probably either have a lightning port or if you have an iPad Pro, you have a USB-C port on there, which is a very a little bit smaller and kind of almost like a like an oblong, if, if you will, if you look at it really closely. So if you have a thumb drive that has USB-A, you're going to need an adapter in order to get it to plug it into your iPhone or your iPad. Now, depending on what kind of a device you have, uh, Apple sells a, I think they call it the Lightning to USB 3 camera adapter, which tells you that should only be for a camera. And it is, that's what a lot of photographers use to get their pictures from their camera over to their iPad. But it can also work to plug in a USB thumb drive or a USB external hard drive, and you can copy files back and forth. If you have an iPad Pro that has a USB-C port on it, well, there's an, another adapter, <laughs> a USB-C to USB-A adapter that you need, or I find, in fact, I've got an external hard drive here that is USB-C, and some thumb drives I've seen today have a USB-C plug in it. So you can just plug that directly into your iPad Pro if you have a USB-C. The other couple of caveats quickly are really on the geekery scale here, but uh, if, if, if it doesn't work for you, this could be a couple of issues. Uh, the thumb drive or the external hard drive needs to be formatted in a file system that the iPad can recognize. Most external drives today are formatted in one. There's several of them. Again, this is the really geekery stuff. It's either Apple file system or the Windows file system, but the iPad and iPhone can read both of them today. And then second, most of the, it works best if you have a USB 3.0 drive and that really just uh, labels the speed of it. Or if you have a USB 2.0, sometimes you have to have extra power to get into it. So, so I know it's, it's a very simple thing, but there's a few caveats. Once you do plug it in, the files app that comes free on the iPad and the iPhone will allow you to just see that little thumb drive in the files app and then you have access to it. You can copy files to it, you can copy files from it and it just works beautifully on there. So uh, if you wanna know more, you can go to ipracticeonanipad.com. You can see one of my courses there um, is about uh, managing files and I've actually got a little video on there that, that goes into a lot of detail and I show pictures of what all of this that I'm talking about because it's hard to, to follow it if you're not looking at it on there. But uh, that's my tip, connecting external storage devices to an iPad or an iPhone. One way that I use that is sometimes if I'm collaborating with somebody else and I need to share like a really yes. document or a whole bunch of right. documents with them, sometimes right. it's just easier to share a USB key rather than, you know, it's too much, too big for an email attachment and you, exactly. you, you could upload to something like Dropbox, but that takes some time. So sometimes this is really the best way to do things. So um, absolutely. And even with Dropbox, thing. a lot of times, you know, I, I try to do that, but it's like, oh, I don't have a Dropbox account. Right. Or like do OneDrive. Mm -hmm. And you're absolutely right, Jeff. This is almost like a, a lowest common denominator version, like almost a manual way to share those files. So good. Yeah. 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 That's that's good. I'm glad. 
Yeah. Uh, my tip today is just something purely entertaining and fun. There was a, there's a name that a game that many people have been playing uh, called Wordle, which was purchased by the New yes. York Times. And I love Wordle. It's fun to sort of pick it. And I like the fact that every day you have a new puzzle and you can pick your things. Um, so there's an, oh, this is great. There's an infamous article from The Onion, which, of course, is a satirical uh, publication, right, um, that I, I won't say the actual title because I don't want to curse on the podcast unnecessarily. But the title of it is F Everything, We're Doing Five Blades. This is a 2004 article oh, wow. they did that at the time it was like um, as Gillette and other manufacturers of razors were putting, you know, two blades and then three blades. They thought it'd be funny just to say, Fuck everything. we're going to go with five blades. And it was a historical, a hilarious, a hilarious article, which, of course, now <laughs> they do make five blades. And sometimes when people think things, you know, just having more and more sounds ridiculous, but then sometimes right. it actually makes sense. So with that in mind, <laughs> Wordle, there have been some, they're not wow. copies of Wordles. They're sort of, you I know, can't get away from it. Wordle now. Well, exactly. Wordle's <laughs> fun. So I, I saw one that was called uh, Doordle or Dirtle, which is actually two Wordle oh, puzzles yeah. at the same time. Okay. And as, as you type in your clue, like whatever your word is, it will show up on both at once. So you're not just typing in uh, words oh, that are solve one puzzle. You need to think about how your puzzle is going to, how your word is going to help you on both the first and the second puzzle. So then if somebody did two, somebody else came along and did four with Quartal. And then somebody else came along and did eight with octoral oh and i have to tell you okay. at first you're like well this is just ridiculous to have eight puzzles at one time um but i'll tell you wow. it actually makes i think the game better and the reason for that is with wordle you're trying to be strategic with the words that you use for your guesses sometimes right. you're putting in a word because you actually think it might be the the, the guess right but other right. times you're just putting in something because it's got a bunch of letters in it that you want to see if any of those letters hits well that strategy aspect goes up to the nth degree when you have two or four or eight game boards at the same time, because wow. you have to constantly be thinking about if I'm going to use this word here, maybe it helps over here. And when you're trying to figure out which one of those puzzles you want to guess, you know, I may have a pretty good idea of what the third one is, but I'm not positive. But I want to guess the fourth one first, because it's going to use some letters that I think might be in the third one. And so if I get the fourth one, right. then I'll know whether or not my guess is right in the third one. And there's a whole lot of strategy. The quarter oh, one is goodness. nice because I usually play them on my iPad, but you can play them on right, a computer right. too. On your on my iPad screen, you can see uh, you're showing quarter right now. You can see all four yeah, boards yeah. at one time, which right. helps give you the big picture. I personally think the most fun of all of these is the octordal one that has the eight on it. And you need to scroll up and down <laughs> to see all of the different boards. And it can, it, can make your, it can make your brain hurt a little bit. But I'll tell you, if you know how to play Wordle, it will take you about two minutes to figure out how to play these other variants. And then um, if you're like me, I actually think that these are more fun because it has all of the strategy of Wordle plus a whole nother layer of strategy that you have to do. Uh, wow. These things are fun and they're all free. And I'll mention that all of them that That's I just, so that we're going to, and, and we'll link funny. to all of them here. All of them have yes. like Wordle, yes. they have a daily one. So you come back every okay. day and you get that one <laughs> puzzle of the day, but unlike Wordle, these also have uh, an option that you can just, play as much as you want. So if you want to sit there for 30 minutes and just play puzzle after puzzle after puzzle, you can go ahead and do that too. I'm going to waste so much time. They are, they today. are fun. <laughs> I, I, th this is great. I, I just before the New York times bought the wordle, which, wow, what a story. I'm excited. I want to, I want to read that, uh, that story in a, in a, in a, in a few weeks, I'm sure. But just before the New York times bought wordle, I'm like, okay, I got to try this just to see what all the hype is about. 
and I won in three tries. And I'm like, that's it. I'm done. I've done it. I win. <laughs> and I never wanted to touch it again. But this is so fun. Now, this might get me back in. <laughs> I didn't know we could do Dortal, Quartal, and Octortal. But, man, there <laughs> That that should be it. So you could do you could do all of these once per day, right? Yeah. So or like I said, the, you the other ones have an option that you can that you can play as much as you want to. Oh um, my but goodness! For people that, and That's it sounds great. like you are not one of these people, Brett. But for people that actually play Wordle, you have your favorite words that you like to start with. And like, okay. I, I noticed that you had one on the screen where your first word was green. That is yeah, a horrible first word, Brett. That's a horrible oh, okay. one. Okay, I'm seeing. I, I don't know. <laughs> you had five letters that you could use to guess, and you made two of them in E. Oh yeah, they're you know, the same. Why not choose okay. a word okay. that has five different letters? Right. So people have like their favorite, you know, starting words and stuff like that. But when you're playing these games that have, and you have more chances to choose, by the way, it's not just the uh, the the one, two, the six choices you have in Wordle. Yeah. But when you play these other games and you have more chances, you're, you're even more deliberate on which letters you're choosing i could be geeking and talking about this for a long time suffice it to say i love it for those of us who like word games this stuff's great fun and it's free i i feel like i want to i want to win this one now it's already oh but see i can't so the yellow means it, it's in the word there's, but it's in the there's wrong an eye in the okay, word but okay. not in that space okay so, we'll stop yeah. i'll finish this offline because this this i don't want to start cursing on on the podcast either <laughs> it's like come on that's great thank you boy that was that's much more fun than you know connecting to usb thumb drives i love it jeff as always thanks it's so fun to talk with you every week, and we'll talk with you next week. Thanks again. Thanks, Thanks Brad. Bye-bye, everybody.